0: We are harvest committed to Christ. Commissioned to serve. We are called to pray without seeing me. We are harvest. This is the Harvest Community Church Podcast with Pastor Michael Jones. And now let's join today's message already in progress. Well, greetings again. Let's get right into the Word of God. So if you have your Bibles, why don't you open them quickly to Acts chapter 6. Acts chapter 6, and we're going to read verses 1 through 7. Verse 1, Now in those days, when the number of disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists, because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. Then the twelve summoned the multitude of disciples and said, It is not desirable that we should leave the Word of God and serve tables. Therefore, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good reputation, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith, and the Holy Spirit, and Philip, and Procurus and Nicanor, and Timon, and Permenus, and Nicholas, a proselyte from Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. Then the word of God spread, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great many of the priests were obedient to the faith. Let's pray. Father God, we thank You so much for this opportunity to come and to share Your Word. We pray that You would open Your Word, that we might behold wondrous things out of Your law. Father, help us to see Jesus, and in seeing Him, help us to believe on Him, and believing on Him, help us to be saved. This is our prayer. In Jesus' name, won't you say amen? And amen. You know, this is part three in our series, Justice Matters. And I'm mindful of an old testament verse in the book of Micah, Micah chapter six, verse eight, that says, He has shown you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require of you, but to do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. You know, the question is or or the statement is, Man, you know what's required of you. And there's a trilogy there in, in Micah chapter six, verse eight. To do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with, with thy God. The first part of that trilogy is to do justly. And men and women, in this series of Justice Matters, we've defined what justice is, but let me remind you. Justice is in two parts. It's kind of two sides of one coin. It's one justice, but it has two, two perspectives. One is the perspective of punishment, punishing wrongdoing or law and order. If there is a, a crime, then there has to be a corresponding penalty for that crime. That's justice. If someone commits a crime and doesn't have a penalty that goes along with it, then we call that injustice. And so that's one aspect, and we call that retributive justice. But then there's another side of justice, where it is giving people what they are due or should have because they are image bearers of the Most High God. And so, with this type of justice, there are four categories that the Bible speaks of. Widows, orphans, the poor, and the stranger and alien who is in your land. And so, that's not retributive justice, that's restorative justice. That's the kind of justice that looks much like mercy. But it is justice just the same. So when widows or orphans or, or immigrants or the poor are exploited, that means they're being treated unjustly or there's an injustice that is occurring. And that's what we're going to talk about just for a minute. We're going to talk about that restorative justice where the poor or the widow or those in need are being mistreated. And I think that Acts chapter 6 does a very good job of how to do justice. And I think it's a good job not just for the church, but in any organization. It could be our government. This is a good way for us to do justice. It could be in business. It could be in, in the healthcare industry. It could be in education. It could even be in a family. That people are being treated in an unjust manner or being exploited or used and abused and they need to be treated justly. So let's look at these four principles out of the book of Acts, Acts chapter 6 verses 1 through 7 and let's just see what the Lord tells us about justice. Point number one. In order to have justice, there must be accountability in the leadership and or the community. You'll notice that in the story, it says in verse 1 that now in those days when the number of disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. It's a brand new church. Christ has established His church, and one of the activities or ministries of the church was to care for widows. And evidently, in the church of Jerusalem, there were a large number of widows. And so the complaint arises, everything's going well at the church, but the complaint arises that the Hellenistic widows or the Greek widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of, of resources. That they were not being cared for like everyone else. And so the apostles evidently were approachable. The apostles were evidently willing to listen. And the apostles were willing to get feedback, they were willing to, to, to get input, they were willing to get counsel from those around. And they decided to tell the apostles, because they were approachable and because they were accountable, they told them about the situation. And men and women, when we do not have accountable leadership, that's when injustice happens. When leadership is not accountable to those that they lead and those that they serve, then injustice is inevitable. You know, there is this sense in which accountability is more than just interrogation, but accountability is saying, listen, I know what you're doing and you're seeing a little bit of success. It says that the number of disciples was multiplying during those times, but you've got some blind spots. You've got some areas that you need to to, to look at. And so the first thing is accountability. Let me ask you a question. Are you accountable? Can people tell you when there's a problem? When you're not acting justly? Or when you're not living the way God wants you to live? Or when I'm not living? I know that we've got an open door policy here. And we've had many who have said, Pastor Mike, this is what's going on and this is what my complaint is and i hope that that the leadership here and that i'm always open to listen and to say listen i'm I, i'm i'm accountable to you to those whom i serve and whenever there's leadership that is not accountable then injustice happens point number 2 not only uh, accountable leadership but to acknowledge that there's a problem Look at the same verse, verse number 1. It says, Now in those days when the number of disciples was multiplying, there arose a complaint against the Hebrews by the Hellenists because their widows were neglected in the daily distribution. There was a problem going on. And I believe in the plenary uh, nature of, of the infallible, inerrant word of God. So it's not by chance that there is a mention of ethnicity. That there is a mention of a different group that is here. That the Hebrews were neglecting the Hellenists, the Hellenistic Jews, the Greek Jews. And so, we don't know, is it racism? We don't know, is it just partiality? We don't know, is it just a functioning problem? We don't know, is it a system problem? It's systemic Maybe the the apostles were just operating poorly and they, they, they overestimated their, their capabilities of ministering to all of the widows and they couldn't do it. And so they were neglecting some because it was just too much for them. We don't know what it is, but the issue becomes in order to act justly, in order to do justice by those whom we serve, we've got to recognize that there is a problem. You know, if you were a part of a, any kind of recovery ministry, they would tell you that the first step in healing is to recognize that there is a problem. And men and women, here's, here they recognize that there is a problem, that these Greek widows are being neglected in the daily distribution, and there's a problem. Listen, with leadership, we need to be careful that when people come to us with issues, we can either ignore the issue we can become indifferent and apathetic toward the issue. We can rationalize the issue. Or at worst, we can tell the people that, 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 that we don't even believe or we, we don't recognize that there is even a problem. That, 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 that we question the validity of the issue that you bring to us. And men and women, that's important. We have got to recognize that there is a problem or there is a chance that we could be treating people in an unjust manner. So we're to be accountable. We're to acknowledge that there is a problem. And then look at verse 2. Verse 2 says, "...then the twelve summoned the multitude of disciples and said, it is not desirable that we should leave the Word of God to serve tables." So what they're doing is giving attention to the solution. They, are, they, they must have looked at the situation. They must have, have talked about it. They must have thought the situation through. And they, they summon the multitude and they tell them, it, it's not desirable that we should leave the Word of God and serve tables. They looked at what their priorities are and they said, you know, with this particular problem, our priority is the Word of God and prayer and making sure that we're seeking God's faith on, face on behalf of the people and so we cannot attend to that. And so the solution is going to have to be put in your lap. We have looked at the problem. We've analyzed it. And it's an issue of us not being able to do what is required for these Greek widows. And men and women, you may want to get pen and pencil, uh, uh, pen or pencil and a piece of paper for this one. But whenever you are analyzing a problem, there are at least three components, maybe four. And write these down. Number one, you ask yourself the question, what are we doing? And be honest about what you're doing. And then number two, you ask the question, how are we doing it? How are we doing it? What are we doing? And then how are we doing it? And then number three is, is what we're doing right and effective and sustainable? Is it right, effective, and sustainable? So, what are we doing? How are we doing it? Is it right? Is it right? And so, or or, or is what we are doing right, effective and sustainable? And then lastly, and this is most important, I believe, have we gotten to the root issue or the root cause of the problem? evidently the disciples here, the apostles here, decided that the root cause was that the the issue of serving these widows is too much for them. And so they want to get the congregation involved in meeting the needs so that these Greek widows can be treated and, and, and dealt with in a just manner so that they can have justice. And so accountability is number one. Acknowledging there's a problem is number two. Attending to the solution or giving attention to the solution is number three. And then number four is activating the church or activating uh, your, your group or activating uh, your assembly or activating those that are around you who are stakeholders in this particular problem. With regard to the church, notice what they do. He says, therefore, in verse three, brethren, seek out from among you seven men of good report, full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And then he says in verse five, in the beginning, and 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 the saying pleased the whole multitude. Jump down to verse six, and these they chose seven men whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid hands on them. Notice, these apostles came with a plan of action. There was a plan of action to activate the church. And their plan of action was, well, we need seven men. But we don't just need any seven men. We need seven men who are qualified. We need men of good reputation. We need men full of the Holy Spirit. We need men full of wisdom. And so, We need seven men. We need seven men who are qualified. And then we want to give them authority over this matter. We want them to be in charge of it. We want them to be responsible for it. And they are the ones who are going to give attention to this, not us. They'll just report to us. And so they did that. And the other thing was they garnered the people's support. The multitude of disciples said this is a good decision. This is a good decision that we appoint seven men over this manner so they can handle it. And not only that, the apostles laid hands on them and prayed for them, ordained them and commissioned them. And what we have is the first instance of deacons in the church. They're ordained and commissioned deacons for the responsibility of taking care of widows. You see, they went through the process and there were some core values there about making sure that widows were treated in a just manner and they went through it. Now let me mention each one of the points again and then I'll get ready to close. Listen, could it be that we have injustice in our society because we don't have accountable leadership? Or we don't have leadership that really cares and feels like they're responsible to take care of those who, are, who are, they are responsible for. So accountability can be an issue. Acknowledging that there is a problem can be an issue. Either ignoring it or becoming apathetic or indifferent. That that is the issue that our leadership and those who are responsible for justice don't see that there is a problem. And then thirdly, attending to the solution. Maybe we've settled for easy answers. Maybe we've just cut the top of the weed off and the root will still grow and it's going to come right back. Maybe we haven't thought through how to get to the root issues and root causes. Maybe we haven't analyzed what we're doing and how we're doing it. Maybe maybe in our homes it's the same way. Maybe in our marriages it's the same way. But we've got to get to the point where we don't settle for easy answers but we get to the root. And then lastly, activating those who are stakeholders in this. And that's what we call interdependence. We need others. We need others who will help us, even in our homes. We need people to get involved who can make a real difference in in, in our lives. And then lastly, I believe that that as we do that, look at verse 7 that it will be a high leverage decision. If we do this, it will be a high leverage uh, with regard to not only seeking justice, but building God's kingdom. Look at verse 7. It says, Then the word of God spread, and the number of disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem, and a great number of priests were obedient to the faith. You see, it's not just justice for justice's sake. You remember Matthew chapter 28 verses 18 through 20 where it says, Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, uh, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The plan of Jesus Christ has always been the Great Commission. The plan of Jesus Christ has always been trying to reach all nations. And then in Acts chapter 1, verse 8, it says, And you shall receive power, and after that the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in Judea, and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. You remember Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost? Peter gets up and preaches and 3,000 souls come into the church. And not only that, at the end of chapter 2, it says after they got saved, they started meeting from house to house and sharing meals and sharing goods and giving to one another as anyone had a need. And at the end of the chapter, it says that the Lord was adding to their number daily those who were being saved. I want to ask you a question. Here we are with Greek widows being neglected in the daily distribution. And it, could it be, could it be that when we do justice to widows and those who are in need, could it be that we, when we are involved in ministries of justice in a systemic way, could it be that that helps build the kingdom of God? Could it be that that sets the atmosphere and the environment for people to get saved? Could it be that when people see us operating the way the church is supposed to operate, that the authenticity of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit is 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 wrought on a community and on a society because we're not looking to get our own needs met. We're looking to take care of the most vulnerable in our society. Could it be that justice is what has been missing in the Great Commission? Could it be that justice is what has been missing in our Gospel? Could it be that justice is what has been missing as we share the Gospel with people and take care of people and make sure not only people's spiritual needs are met, but people's physical needs are met as well? You cannot dismiss that this whole scenario, this whole story in the Scripture culminates with verse 7. It culminates with the fact that 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 a great number of disciples were multiplied in Jerusalem and a great many of priests became obedient to the faith. It coincides with taking care of these widows, the establishment of deacons, the making sure that these widows were treated in a just manner, and men and women, I believe that the same thing can happen for us. I believe that as we see about people's needs and make sure that that they are treated fairly and justly and equitably, when we take care of the poor, when we take care of the widow and the orphan and and the immigrant and the poor, when we make sure that that is a priority issue for us, could it be that Jesus was, was telling us how to unlock the door to true ministry when He said, when you do it to the least of these, my brethren, you've done it to me? There is no ministry on earth greater than a ministry to Jesus Christ. Men and women, I believe that these are some principles for justice. I believe that if we apply them, we will see many, many, many come to know Jesus Christ and many, many, many obedient to the faith. It could be that you need the faith today. It could be that you've never received Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord. It could be that you've never said yes to the gospel of grace. That you've been trying to live your life in a just manner. You've been trying to do right. But you're much like the Apostle Paul who said, the things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do, I find myself doing over and over and over again. Who will deliver me from this body of death? He answers his own question. He says, thank God that Jesus Christ is the one who delivers me. In the next chapter, he says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I could be talking to someone who who is frustrated today. You're frustrated because you're in the, the, the place of these widows and you've been treated unjustly. God says, come unto me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to Jesus today. Jesus is the one and only. Jesus, you may not know it, but He's the one you've been looking for. Jesus is the one who says, I came that you might have life and might have it more abundantly. Jesus is the one who says, I give uh, uh, eternal life to all of those who come to me. Jesus is the one who says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but should have everlasting life. Jesus is the one who says, I loved you with an everlasting love. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friends. Jesus has laid his life down for you. Won't you come to him? Won't you come to him today? You see, what God requires of us is very, very simple. To do justice, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. If that's your desire, you can pray this prayer with me and invite Jesus to come into your life and have new life. Let's pray. Father God, I thank You so much for Your grace and Your goodness. Lord, if there is one person under the sound of my voice that wants to receive You, I pray that they would simply pray, Lord Jesus, I need You. Thank You for dying on the cross for my sins. I now open the door of my life and receive You as my Savior And Lord, thank You for for coming into my life and and giving me eternal life. Lord, take control of the throne of my life. Lord, You make me the kind of person You want me to be. In Jesus' name, Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we want to hear from you. Email us at harvestcpc at gmail.com. You can go to our website, uh, harvest behamcom and get more information on how to get in touch with us. But until next week, God bless you, and uh, I hope you had a great Fourth of July. God bless you, and we'll see you next week.